Welcome, everybody, to another episode of On the Fence. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Malik. And today, we're going to be talking about a few different things. But firstly, right off the bat, the Eagles are squandering their one advantage that they have over the rest of the NFC East, and that is their continuity. And this comes from the the latest news that Doug Peterson has tested positive for coronavirus. Firstly, right off the bat, like wishes and all to to Dougie P and his family. You know, God stay healthy with all that. He's he is asymptomatic and he's feeling well, so that's a positive. You know, take it, take everything where you can get it. But now, Deuce Staley is the acting head coach, so there's still the half advantage here where the Eagles are still running the same system. The, the whole advantage that the Eagles were coming into this season is that every other team in the NFC East has changed head coaches and, more importantly, changed systems. You know, Ron Rivera is bringing his offense and defense into Washington, D.C. Uh, Joe Judge is bringing his offense and defense into, uh, into New York. And then the same thing with uh, Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. So there is that there is that benefit of still running the same system. That 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 will always be there and that's great. But Deuce Staley now acting as head coach just throws a little wrench into things and it's it's concerning for the future because now we don't know when slash if we'll get Doug Peterson back. That that is a legit concern right now. We I feel like I have to go forward just assuming that Doug is not going to be back, which is a it, – it's improbable. It's mo- more than likely, far more than likely, that he will come back at some point or another. But I, I don't want to just be waiting for Doug to get back. Like, right now, Deuce is the head coach going forward, and, you know, that's what it is. Until there's a until that's over or there's a date set to when Doug will come back, I'm, you know, I I have to assume that Deuce Staley is going to be calling plays and running the offense come game time. It says a lot about Deuce Staley that they have chosen him to be the acting head coach. There, Deuce Staley has been a poached a poachable candidate from the Eagles for a very, very long time. So many of the Eagles' positional coaches coaches and et cetera have been poached. So uh, we lost Filippo. We lost uh, – we fired Gro. Uh, what was the other offensive coordinator's name? I'm blanking on it, but Frank Reich. We lost Frank Reich. We've lost a number of other positional coaches as well after the Super Bowl. And Deuce Staley has been perennially – in that conversation to be poached and taken and get a promotion with another team. And the Eagles have kind of responded to that by giving him in-house half promotions. Like, he he kept being passed on for offensive coordinator, but now his current title, at least before uh, Doug Peterson uh, went down, was running game co- uh, running game coordinator, running backs coach, and also assistant head coach. 
which is typically not a position for coaches in the NFL. There's not like an assistant head coach, but that's what Deuce Staley has been. And, you know, it's, it's been wonderful to, to still have him. I still do worry about him staying with the Eagles long term. But this does show how much they actually do trust him because that's been a big like question mark about Deuce Daly is like why why does he keep getting passed on for offensive coordinator? And perhaps the answer was is that this entire time he was always doing more than the offensive coordinator. Who knows? But this does show that they do trust him to lead a team. So I I do feel more confident with Deuce Staley than anybody else. And and that's a fact. There's no one else I would trust to to run to lead the team other than Deuce Staley. You know, Jeff Stoutland, like that'd be that'd be fine. But let's let's really hope and keep our fingers crossed that Doug Peterson is able to get back and do what he does best because Doug Peterson is not an X and O's mastermind. He is best at putting pieces together. He is a master he is a master craftsman. Where once you give him the proper tools, he is able to amplify all the you give him a bunch of lumber and he's able to build a beautiful piece of furniture, be it a desk chair, whatever you want to use for this analogy and metaphor. He can build something beautiful if given the proper supplies. And Deuce Staley is a part of that. Deuce Staley is someone that is an X and O's very, very smart with that. He's very, very smart when it comes to plays and play design, so on and so forth. And Doug's good at it. Don't get me wrong. But Deuce is very, very advanced when it comes to that. He's very smart. And with him now being the head coach, if there is a single game where Deuce is the head coach, we can expect to run the ball more than probably the Eagles ever have. We're going to get to see plenty of Miles Sanders, plenty of Boston Scott, some of uh, Corey Clement, and probably a few sprinkles of Adrian Killings. It's gonna, it, and the Eagles are at their best when they're running the ball plenty. So Deuce Daly is definitely the best that we can do other than Doug Peterson. And we should feel really good about that. So, other news, though, about the Eagles is that they have signed uh, tight, end, tight end Caleb Wilson, who Caleb Wilson is actually the son of former uh, defensive line coach Chris Wilson, and ha- he has been around the team quite a bit uh, f- for the past like few years, and he's actually had a little bit of a relationship with Zach Ertz. So... It's nice that we're getting someone that, you know, is f- already has some familiarity with the team, with the city. He was at the Super Bowl. He was at the Super Bowl parade. So he's, he knows what he's getting into. And uh, let's talk about a little bit about Caleb Wilson, the player. He was the very last pick of the 2018 draft. Yes, the 2018 draft by the Arizona Cardinals. And he's done some bouncing around since. But he's an undersized tight end. 
He's 225. Uh, I do not know his height off the top of my head, but probably like 6'3", 6'4". But he's undersized. He's that Jordan Reed prototype where he's fast, he's quick, but he, but he is undersized. He will struggle with inline blocking and that kind of stuff, but that's not what we need. Zach Ertz, very good blocker. Dallas Goddard, best blocking tight end in the game. Like I'm so, George Kittle, great, but Dallas Goddard's the best blocking tight end in the league. So this will be a nice depth piece. Caleb Wilson is probably going to be competing with Josh Perkins for that third tight end spot. Uh, I doubt that the Eagles will carry four tight ends onto game day, but it's something that's a possibility. We do run the 12 personnel more than any team in the league. So having extra tight end depth is a good thing. And part of the news that I just want to touch on for a tiny bit, because obviously to add a player, you must uh, you must lessen the roster by one. They have officially removed Brandon, uh, Brandon Brooks, not Brandon Graham, Brandon Brooks from the roster. Uh, and moved into the inactive list, or more specifically, the pup list, which was a very interesting designation. They didn't put him on IR. They put him on the pup list, which normally, if someone's not coming back, you put them on the IR. I, I a, f- a, a while ago, I was talking about how if anyone could come back from this, it would be Brandon Brooks. And is th- I'm I'm just thinking it, it befuddles me that like he might actually play this season. Like it's seeming like that's a possibility, and maybe this could be because they're expecting some kind of delay in the season. You know where maybe things get pushed back. You know this could just be an insurance policy of that because you don't want to put him on IR and designate him not to return because player uh, a team can only call back, I believe, two players from injured reserve. And you don't want him wasting one of those two spots. So if they put him on the pup, he can come back, and it won't count against that IR. So it, it, I'd have to imagine that's the only rationale for putting, putting him on the pup is that the the NFL may see a delay in when the season starts. And however long it may be, he might be able to return this season. That's a, that's a legitimate possibility. And it's very unlikely. We have to, have to drill that time and time again. It's so unlikely that Brandon Brooks plays in the 2020-2021 NFL season. But... If the season gets delayed, that that opens the door for that. That really, really does. So, next thing we're going to talk about is that Doug Peterson in a press conference spoke about how he might want to quarantine a quarterback for the season going forward. And this is obviously in light of him testing positive himself. So, he knows right now how much more important it is to to the availability is the best ability 
And he he spoke that that's something that they're going to be thinking about. Just quarantine a quarterback for the season just in case. And there's two prime candidates for that. And one of them is not Jalen Hurts. Because Jalen Hurts, quarantining him away from the team, there's no point in that. He needs to learn. And you don't learn by being removed from the situation. So I could see the quarantine quarterbacks being number one, Nate Sudfeld. He knows the system. He's been around for a long time. I kind of... I kind of think that if Nate Sudfeld plays in that playoff game against the Seahawks, we might be able to win. Just because it's a different tool set of athleticism, like he he can run, like he's competent and he knows the system and that's the most important thing. So Nate Sudfeld may end up away from the team this entire season just so they they can make sure that they have like a, a, a reasonable quarterback stashed. And the other quarterback, which this one's more of a long shot, is Josh McCown. I could see them bringing Josh McCown back because Josh McCown, he has still not signed with a team. He's probably not planning to. So they could probably have an unofficial agreement with him where, you know, if something happens, Let's bring you back in because I don't think Josh McCown is he doesn't have any reason to really go out and risk anything like in day to day life. Like, you know, he, he's a football player. He's a millionaire. So that's just not a concern for him. You know, I'm sure he's fine socially distancing with. His- Could see that being the only thing keeping him from playing is his family. So. But that's that's the second option if Carson Wentz specifically, because obviously the only way that any of this happens is that Carson Wentz contracts the coronavirus, which I don't think he will. The only way he could is if the whole, like if someone within the team got infected and then gave it to him. It seems like Carson Wentz knows better. Like he has a, a very young daughter of his own. So I don't I don't think he's trying to trying to do too much. And we've seen I I don't know if if you've seen it, but I've seen him look him strolling up to to training camp now. He is he is much bigger than he's ever been. So, I doubt he's been, I doubt he's been going out. He's been socially distancing, hitting the gym, doing all these great things. So, I don't think we have to worry too much about Carson Wentz getting the coronavirus, but Going forward, Josh McCown and Nate Sudfeld are the two prime candidates to be quarantined quarterbacks in case of emergency. Put them in glass, break the hammer if need be, but they they won't see the field otherwise. They really won't. And maybe even then Jalen Hurts still might be the backup because if, if there's a, a mass breakout, then that, that'd probably be the only reason they need to go to Nate Sudfeld. Because if Jalen Hurts is healthy, I think they go with him. But that that all depends on a lot of different things because Jalen Hurts, he doesn't know the system. They're, they're still bringing him along. They're still bringing him along, which is why he can't be the the quarantine quarterback. He needs to be in there in with the system and 
you know, it's 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 much more difficult for Jalen Hurts to learn outside of the NovaCare Center. And the last thing that we're going to talk about today is a little preview in the 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 highly contested battles in the Eagles secondary. So this has been a talking point throughout this entire offseason. What is the Eagles secondary going to look like? We're seeing, we we just got to see in the promo videos of Darius Slay and Jalen uh, Jalen Mills and his new number and some Will Parks, uh, all of them in their jerseys. But what is this secondary going to look like? It's, it's suddenly a very deep position group. It, it has a level of depth that I don't re- ever remember seeing. And not just of like the top line. You know, like when we had Namdi Asamoah going into that season, there was a lot of excitement because of that top-end talent. But even then, I don't think there was the depth that there is now. Whereas now, you know, I, like, I'm confident in Sidney Jones. I'm confident in Avante Maddox. I'm confident in Nikel Roby Coleman. And they're not, not even the starters, maybe? Because just at the cornerback position, we have Darius Slay. He's the number one, he, and he's going to travel with the opposing wide receiver, uh, the opposing top wide receiver, which is something that the Eagles have not done in so long, probably because they haven't had that top-end talent. So that's great. Then, other than him, they have Jalen Mills, who's a cornerback safety hybrid. They have uh, they have Grayland Arnold, who's an undrafted free agent. They have Nikel Roby Coleman. They have Avante Maddox. They still have Cravon LeBlanc, Sidney Jones. And also, Rasul Douglas is still in the room. That's some serious depth. And those are just the, the cornerbacks. You know, like these positions, they, now, they have some DBs. Though, granted, most of them are not... Uh, Names that we're all too familiar with. Um, Michael Jacquet, Elijah Riley, Prince Smith. But then we go to the safety position group. We have Marcus Epps. We're familiar with him. He's good depth. Rudy Ford, great special teamer. Rodney McLeod, obviously the starter. Jalen Mills, who they actually they actually have him now listed as just a safety. So who knows continuing with him because they keep changing with that with him. Is he a DB? Is he a safety? We'll find out. Then Will Parks and Kayvon Wallace. That Those are four very good safeties right there with Ronnie McLeod, Jalen Mills, Will Parks, and Kayvon Wallace. Marcus Epps probably ain't going to make the team unless he is able to contribute on special teams a lot more than he has already. Rudy Ford is making the team because of special teams. But Kayvon Wallace, he he's going to find his way on the field. Like, you're not telling me that Kayvon Wallace is just not going to play as a rookie. So there is just so much depth that I that we have never seen. I, I cannot remember a time where the Eagles had this much depth in the secondary. It's, it's truly unreal. We have four, like, very, very competent safeties. That, that will play defense. And then we have we have Darius Slay. We have 
now I'm not counting Jalen Mills with the cornerbacks. We have Darius Slay. We have Nickel Roby Coleman, who will probably start in the nickel. We have Avante Maddox, Cravon, and Sydney. That's five competent cornerbacks. Like those are that's five cornerbacks where we ain't, we're not stressing about how they play. It's gone are the days of seeing like Craig James and Dexter McDougal on the field where it's where it's like we don't we don't know who they are. And because we don't know who they are, we don't know how they're going to play and chances are if we don't know who they are, they're not going to play well. So this level of depth is going to be very exciting for training camp and Jim Schwartz has already given a little teaser if you will he likes to be very transparent about the the training camp battles he he talks very bluntly about the competitions and about how the the roster battles are playing out and so I'll go through a few of his quotes that he gave uh, about Jalen Mills, he said, I think Jalen's in a little different position because he's not learning a new defense. He's learning a new position within the defense. So Jalen Mills, he's probably going, Jalen Mills is making the team. And how much time he gets playing the safety position all depends on his ability to learn the position. He continues, Jalen's a good leader for us. He's tough. He brings an edge to our defense. And I think you might even see that a little bit more when he's inside right there at the safety position as opposed to being all the way out on the perimeter. So that's actually a really interesting tidbit to to mention that he's inside. He's inside and not on the perimeter, which is very different than how he played in that Patriots game. When uh, that was the, the game that Howie Roseman and him pointed to saying that that's how he's going to play going forward – Maybe that wasn't the most true, truthful thing. Maybe there were a few plays. There were, there were quite a few plays where he was inside at linebacker. And that, that, that's where he's going to be going forward. He's going to be playing the linebacker position, which is, I think, really, really good for him. I think that's, that's good for Jalen. Jalen is probably going to be in the Malcolm Jenkins role where... Malcolm Jenkins, he was he was always a safety, but he was never lined up top safety. That was always Rodney's position. Where we see in the box safeties. And that's what Jalen's gonna be, which that can that can land really, really well for him because Jalen's a physical guy. He can play in the box. He really, really can. All the other things that he that Schwartz has really said have just been that there's a lot of depth and that it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this plays out. And he he further went on to praise Slay and about how how much better Darius Slay makes this team and how much more flexibility he gives to this team. The, there's this whole talk of reinventing the system, just spicing it up. So maybe there's like a man cover three hybrid going on where Darius Slay will play man, but everyone else is in cover three. Who knows? We won't find out until September, until football is played. But we're going to see a much different Eagles defense. 
And I, I health providing, health providing, we're going to see a much different Eagles defense, and it's going to lead to a lot of good things. If this roster is able to stay healthy, it it it's going to be a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks, for opposing offenses, because we didn't even talk about the defensive line. Just a little reminder, we have the best three ta- defensive tackles, that, that best three DT rotation in the whole league with Malik Jackson and Javon Hargrave next to Fletcher Cox. It's unreal. So there's a lot to look forward to. But that's going to be the the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Jordan Malik, and as always, you can find me on social media at Jordan Malik on Instagram, at OTF Jordan on Twitter. Have a good day, and stay safe and stay healthy. Wear a mask.